0: days at the stick, from who's got it better than us, to brick by brick, it's always the 49ers way, from off-season to game day, yeah, we talk back, it's the 49ers Cutback. It's 49ers Cutback podcast time, and if you... You couldn't hear what we said in the intro, which you couldn't. Um, there's a reason Alex was laughing. I'm not going to let you in <laughs> on that, but uh, yeah, it, was a good, it was a good time. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this one, Alex, because we're going to get into this 49ers offensive of plan of attack. Not so much how they're going to attack Detroit. We're going to save that for next week. but We're going to get into how they are going to attack the season using these skill players and pieces that they have now that we know who they actually are.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, we're going to definitely... This entire episode is going to center around Tom Compton. It has to... Because right, he's the most dynamic member. Big joke. Big yikes if that was the real take. Look, this is gonna be a fun episode. It's gonna be a fun conversation because we're gonna get to dive into all of these pieces, how they plan on using them, and also dive into a little bit a little bit further into our thought processes as to why this wide receiver room, right, is going to be utilized as in depth, why we're not willing to name a wide receiver three. How could you not do it? Stop being on the fence. It's not a fence that we're sitting on. Mm-hmm. It's actually a bench that the whole the whole six group, they're all sitting with us having a good time laughing up because even they know there's not a true wide receiver three so make sure that you hit that subscribe button right now hit that like button as well share the video with the rest of the faithful and ant let's dive into this 49ers offensive plan of attack how do they go how are they going to go about utilizing the weapons they have to attack defenses attack opponents
0: week, week in and week out well i think you have to start with the quarterback position first because kyle shannon is illustrated now with the Shannon plan um, how he's going to do that. And that's gonna kind of set the table for how they handle everything. So you've got a very good, you know, grouping of quarterbacks. You have the two guys that have a different skill set. You have Jimmy Garoppolo that understands the offense and is able to handle RPO situations, able to get in and out of plays, putting the 49ers in positions where they can be successful in the run game and with the play action. So we know we get there. With Trey Lance, you get a dynamic player who's very good at getting the ball down the field deep and also being able to execute read options and just put the fear of God into defenders, making some defenders have to stay home, which is going to benefit the run game. So establishing who you've got at the quarterback position will let you know how they're going to use these other players. And Alex, I know you, and I know you know this, that using different skill sets to your advantage at any certain situation can definitely benefit your team, but surrounding them with the right talent to take advantage of their skills is also a key point in what the 49ers had to do, and were trying to do, and did during the creation of the 53-man roster?
1: Yes. Yes, a, <laughs> a thousand percent. This is a coach, right? This is a dream. This is what you always want. You want this many pieces. You want this many opportunities. You want this many possibilities. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of coaches that do a lot of different things with their playbooks, right? You have coaches who simplify and dumb down their playbooks to be, you know, seven plays 12 20 plays i have 20 plays and 50 different formations right so i can run the same play in 50 different i got 1500 plays because there's coaches who do stuff like that right and then there's coaches like kyle shanahan who can do just that but they don't just have you know 20 plays Right They have a bunch of different they they have a plethora of play an unlimited amount of plays, I, I won't say that, but Ky, Kyle's creative juices are always flowing. He's always trying to find new and inventive ways to attack defenses. So when you have like set pieces, right when when you have like what they've had the last few years, a couple of wideouts who can do a variety of things, one really good tight end. You know, you, you had a running back room that had a lot of depth and could do a lot of different things, but then you had the injuries pile up, right? So now you only really have running backs who can attack downhill you know, get downhill laterally, horizontally, and just go, 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 or running backs who are only really good out on the edges, or wide receivers who only operate well in the middle of the field. Your your creative juices can only flow so much, right? And there's only so many different ways that you can come up with the same types of things to attack. But now you have all of the pieces that you have, right? You have Raheem Mostert, who the the speed of the Mosterati not only breaks the edge, right, but it opens up your ability to attack in the middle of the field because of how quickly he gets to the edge and the fact that defenses have to be constantly aware of the fact that if this guy is able to get outside, not only are you not catching him, you're, you're, you're you're literally always one play away, right? First down, second down, first and longs, second and longs aren't really first and longs and second and longs if you can't protect the outside. Because if Mostert gets out there, uh, it, it's a first down or a touchdown. So you have to always be consciously aware of that. And so when you're always consciously aware of that, right, you, you create those opportunities up the middle where you can run downhill harder. Raheem Mostert has improved in those areas, but the Niners didn't just rest on their laurels, right? They didn't just rest on the Jeff Wilsons of the world that they have in this roster and the Raheem Mostert's ability to improve. They went out and drafted a guy in Trey Sermon who can also attack that area of the field.
0: Yeah, they did. And that's the key, right? If you stretch stretch someone horizontally, and let's talk about the run game first. You stretch them horizontally and you're talking about what they do with Mostert as far as the outside zone. You get those defenders playing in space um, because they can't stop the horizontal run game that the 49ers run if they're not already spread out. If they play inside, Um, too far into that tackle box they're not going to be able to get outside on the edge he's just too fast so he breaks it down but once you do stretch then it leaves lanes and avenues for your interior run game to be able to operate Um, so that's what you're trying to do is stretch them horizontally and then attack vertically they weren't capable of attacking vertically very well last year they had so many questions on the offensive line whether that was center and right guard um, they weren't able to do that at a high level Because they weren't able to do that, once the defense of the opposing team brought a safety into the box and really crowded the box, it was harder for the 49ers to be able to run the football. Yes, you have to attack vertically through the pass game, but the vertical run game will also serve the same purpose. Um, Because once you get that going, it doesn't matter if you have a safety in the box or not. Those avenues and windows are still there because they can't stop Raheem Mostert on the outside. So getting that vertical run game was so important. You add Trey Sermon, you add Elijah Mitchell, you... Have Jermichael Hasty, but he's further improved on what he can do on the interior. By having these guys and the fact that they know Mostert can still run on the inside. Now you have the threat to go both horizontally and vertically, which puts a big time pressure on the defense to be able to guess right at what you're going to do. And if you guess wrong, which I think they're going to they're make the 49ers beat them consistently up the middle because you don't want Mostert to get to the outside because that's when he gets a whole shot. The problem is you're going to get gas for five, six, seven yards. You saw this a little bit against the Raiders, where the four yards would get things going, especially with Mostert, and he would cut it inside. You, know, you hit that little cutback, uh, Jermichael Hasty hit the cutback on the draw play. All these things you're looking for. You start counting numbers, how many guys are inside the box, how many guys are outside the box, now it'll let you know where you need to make your reads and your cuts. Uh, I think that they've done a very good job of putting this run game together, and that's where it all starts. The quarterbacks have to get the four yards in the right place. And then the and then the offense needs to strike on these run plays because that's going to develop and open up the pass game.
1: Correct. And listen, let's we could talk about some weaknesses, right, for the 49ers in the past. The, this quarterback room, the depth was always a weakness. You know, after Jimmy Garoppolo, you didn't really have a whole lot, and it limited your ability of how you were going to attack, right? How you could go about going after defenses. Uh, and even Jimmy has his limitations. You know, the the people want to say constantly, right? He doesn't throw the deep ball. Can't throw the deep ball. Can't be successful at it if that were truly the case, 2019, the run game doesn't have the success and the effect that it has if Jimmy Garoppolo can't attack downfield. So he can definitely attack downfield. It's just he's not going to do it with consistency, right? It's not going to be consistently being effective at attacking the ball downfield, especially outside the numbers. Middle of the field, downfield, he's fine. He can throw the deep ball over the middle. He can throw 20, 30 yards down the middle, down the seam. It's when you're asking him to throw 20, 30, 30 yard bombs, right? Outside the numbers is when you know, it gets a little shaky. It gets a little concerning, unless it's a play action scheme in which, you know, George Kittle has run a cross route or run some sort of corner route across the field, right? into the towards the corner, and the safeties have all get drugged and pulled in or, or what's whatever. And you have George Kittle sitting out there on an island or use check on a wheel route with a safety nowhere in sight because everyone bit hard on the run fake. Um, but Kyle Shanahan can hide some of those weaknesses with the creative run scheme, that horizontal offense that you talked about, right? So you get most on the stretch a stretch run play one direction and you have Kyle, you leaking out or coming across the field, making it look like some sort of counter look. And then, you know, whether it's out into the flats or wheeling up the sideline and turning it away, everyone has to respect the fact that, Oh crap, here comes Raheem Mostert edging right towards the sideline towards the edge of the field. Everyone's got to space out. Everyone's got to hold their run lanes, run integrity becomes extremely important for that defense. And when you have a team that sends eight or nine guys to sell out for the run, now you can pull and go with that play action. Look and and, you know, get teams on their heels trying to defend and be proactive against slowing down the 49ers run game. And now you can hit them with the pass. But here's the great news, right? For all of Jimmy Garoppolo's weaknesses as a quarterback, he went and drafted a guy in Trey Lance who those are his strengths, right? The ability to push the ball and attack downfield strength, mobility strength, health. Trey Lance has been, was a, was a guy who played like a a bruising fullback at times as a quarterback in college, right? Lowered the shoulder truck guys, um, this is a guy who has been healthy for the majority of his playing career. Granted, yes, he hasn't played a lot of games, but that's the best part about Trey Lance is he has all the potential in the world and hasn't taken the physical punishment. It's true. Right? So he's young. He hasn't put the, the the wear and tear on his body. So you have less of those things. Yes, the, the finger thing has happened, folks. All right, it's happened, and you can be worried about it all you want. But a seven-day recovery time, and he's supposed to be A-OK. Niners are going to be extremely cautious with this kid he should be fine by the time we get to week one and the rest of the way through the season. I um, mean, so now you have this quarterback room, right? That you've insulated from, from injury that you've built upon the weaknesses and gotten someone else who has the strengths and the things that Jimmy doesn't do well, but also doesn't necessarily do the things that Jimmy does, does great either. The, the young guy doesn't do those things to Jimmy Garoppolo's level. So there's room to imp- room for improvement there for Trey. The sky's the limit. Um, and then you address, like you talked about all the things you needed to address and can we tip our hat to Jermichael Hasty again, one more time? Because, I mean, my goodness gracious, dude. This is a guy we both thought was going to, it was a solidified lock for this roster at the end of 2021. The Niners make all of the moves that they make. And we're sitting there going, oh boy, Hasty, 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 Hasty's in trouble. And we're probably going to lose this guy to another team. Rongo. Go. Rongo, go, indeed, he comes out and blows everybody out of the water. Completely surprises me with just how explosive and, and quick he looks coming out of the backfield, and how decisive he is with his running, fixes all the things that you talked about with his ability, with his vision, right? Ability to recognize running lanes, not running into blockers, not running into defenders that he shouldn't be. Um, I I love everything that I see from Jermichael Hasty, and the running back room went from something that I thought was going to be on par with 2019. It might be better.
0: It's definitely younger, Um, and the 49ers have done a good job of putting together pieces that they think they can work, you know, in tandem, and get kind of the development and ability out of these guys that they want production. Um, the one thing I'll say is when you're looking at the four years offense, the way it's been built, and I know we haven't talked about the receivers, but I'm going to go to an, an, a different aspect is you have the defense, for instance, when they're looking at the offense, what their first thing they're going to do is look at what Kyle Shanahan and, and uh, Mike McDaniel like to do. And then they're going to look at the pieces that he has and try to determine how those pieces are going to be used and which way those pieces are used. If you can determine what that is, then you have an idea of how they're gonna be used. Here's the difficult part. Number one is Kyle Shannon and Mike McDaniel have changed the offense up every single year that they've been there in San Francisco. It changes a little bit. Number two, now he has pieces that can do a variety of different things. You can't put it into a box. So you you know that when, for instance, Debo Samuel's out there before, you were expecting the horizontal offense, right? You were expecting them to hit him with quick screens, hit him on the fly sweeps, you can see him in the backfield. So at least you had an idea. Now he's added the vertical aspect to the game, right? He's been doing that all preseason. He's been getting down behind people and making plays. So you got that going for you. You have Brandon Ayuk that can do it all. Now you add in Jalen Hurd. You already know George Kittle can do a bunch of different things. Kyle Juszczyk has his skill set where he can do anything you want him to do, Swiss Army Knives. What your problem is as a defense is defining what Kyle Shannon and and Mike McDaniel are trying to accomplish in a game plan and then cutting it down because you can't possibly learn and prepare for everything. Um, So what they've done is put the ultimate stress on the defensive coordinator and the defense to try to figure that out. And they've put the defense in an impossible situation where they're going to be completely outmanned at times. Whether that is Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance playing offense, you don't know what to expect because they have so many other pieces. So when you put it, it's like a Rubik's Cube, right? I, I guess at some point you could learn and figure out what it is. But when you're looking at it for the first time, you have no idea how these things twist. I know when I do it, I twist it around and it never looks right. And that's the problem is right now they're looking at a Rubik's Cube that they can't twist and get it the right way. And they're never going to be able to because as soon as you think you got it, Kyle's going to add a new color to it. um, And it's going to be completely different. And so I think that that's the real problem with it is they've built an offense that no defense can possibly figure out. They have a shot in the dark of figuring out what your game plan is. But if you're wrong, you're dead wrong. And there's no way to plan for everything because he's made it so everyone is interchangeable and everyone adds a little bit of a different skill set, no matter if you're a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or offensive lineman.
1: This is the thing. This team could come out one week and go two wide receiver sets with two tight ends for the majority of the game. And Kyle Usha could be used in that slot secondary tight end role. He could, he could be Ross Dwelly right and it's it's run heavy run heavy run heavy run heavy some play action stuff they don't go a lot of three wide receiver sets three wide receiver looks none of that um and you get standard traditional they're standard traditional fly sweep reverse actions with their receivers right where they come in motion or they're in a short slot position come out behind on the snap you go stretch right and the other guy comes back around you pitch it back and he go you can give that look all oh, vanilla traditional look and if a team can't stop it can't stop it it is what it is if you're kyle shanahan you love those games right and you love those days because there's no extra prep there's no dressing there's no nothing that you have to do you just out execute a team right and take it to them and you don't show anything you don't expose the rest of your hand right it's like you're playing with two aces you're playing you're playing with pocket ace you're playing with pocket aces right everyone knows that they're pocket aces but there's just nothing you can do about it because you just don't have enough cards in your deck to do anything with those pocket aces it is what it is okay great but here's the best part. The next team can then prepare for those pocket aces, right? I got the, I got the weapons to slow that down. I can come after you. Okay. We're going to go three wide receiver sets now. And not only are we going to go three wide receiver sets, Ant, we're going to go three wide receiver sets with George Kittle in the backfield playing that fullback role. And then we're going to motion him to a side, right, on line. Other receiver that was on ball is now going to shift off. You can now run those same fly sweep actions from both sides of the field. mm mm-hmm. And you have to be able to prepare for it and you don't know when they're coming and you don't know what's happening. Tra- and if you're so worried about the horizontal attack on those fly sweep actions coming from potentially both sides of the field because it could be debo over there it could be jalen hurd that's over there i mean for shoot for all we know it could be Trent field he looks pretty lightning gosh darn quick and they haven't utilized him in that role at all could be brandon Ayuk. doesn't matter who it is you have one of those guys out there in space if you start stretching yourself thin worrying worrying about these three wide receiver set horizontal offenses well, now you can go with that horizontal running, that vertical running game, excuse me, right? Raheem Mostert can come up the gut. It could be Trey Sermon that's back there. Shoot. For all we know, it's a read option look and it's all, it's all in disguise, right? And it's Trey Lance that's back there with Trey Sermon or Elijah Mitchell or any one of these speedy running backs uh, ready to gash you if you guess wrong. And that's the problem for defenses, right? It's not just about the game plan prepping. It's, it's the fact that you can do pretty much whatever you want offensively with the weapons that are constituted. And we don't even know, we don't even necessarily know how Kyle can use all of them yet because we haven't seen it, right? Like Trent Sherfield has shown a lot, but Kyle let him roll for a very little bit and minimal amount of time in games and then got him off the field. So yes, we know that Trent can do a whole heck of a lot more than what we thought, right? We thought this guy, was a, was a steady piece in a straight. And we're talking about a poker hand. Like, right? He was that missing card in, in a straight of hands in which you know what everyone else is. What if this dude is actually an ace up his sleeve? Right? What if this guy can do a whole heck of a lot more than we're thinking he can doing than he can do already? Right? What if he's more than just a guy who can operate in that Kendrick Warren role and can actually be something that's a little bit more elevated than that in, in terms of playing more along the lines or closer to a Debo Samuel type thing where he's a bigger utility guy? He doesn't have the physicality to do the things Debo does, but he definitely has shown more speed than I expected from him and the ability to stretch the team over the top. What if he could actually be utilized closer to what we
0: thought Travis Benjamin could be in terms of operating underneath and taking the top off the defense? He could. They're only limited by their own limitations. Kyle Shanahan can use these guys' strengths however he wants, and he will use them however he wants. That's what has been his whole plan the whole time. It's like we've talked about with the receiver room. There's not a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. There is six guys. And he's going to determine how he uses them and which ones he uses, depending on who he's going against. And that's another big part of the way the offense is going to attack people. Because the defense can figure out how the offense is going to attack them because the defense has a weakness. And all Kyle Shannon and Mike McDaniel have to do is figure it out, and it ain't going to be hard. And once they do, they can attack that avenue. Um, I think that the conventional wisdom has always been, well, let's just make sure we load the box and make the 49ers beat us You try to beat us horizontally and because they can't beat us vertically because they're not able to do that. Well, you know what? They can beat them vertically now. They've got enough guys that can go down the field between Brian Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Trent Shurfield, Um, and you have home run threats as far as size-wise now. You have guys that can make big plays down the field, break tackles, and get extra yardage. So now you have no avenue at which to defeat the 49ers. As soon as they find your weakness and they're able to attack it, you're in trouble. And if you overcompensate for that weakness, they will attack you in a strength and they'll This is one of the things that happens every single time with defensive coordinators they realize that they're weak on the interior defensive line. So they load up in the box, and they think that that is going to be the thing that stops. And ultimately, what happens is the whole time you were planning on attacking them in another area. Sometimes your strength is your biggest weakness. All the, all the coordinator has to do is figure out how his weapons attack that situation and go after it. So there's just too many, too many things that a defense has to figure out now, and the prep work that has to go into it, all the while still trying to figure out how you're going to be able to stop the 49 in the red zone, how you're going to be able to stop which quarterbacks on the field are going to run these plays uh, because Kyle's proven that he's going to run anything at any time and use any player at any time. And that makes it almost impossible to stop. And that's why I think it's laughable when we still get the questions on who the starting quarterback is or who's this and who's that. But Kyle doesn't want to tell you and he doesn't want anyone else to know. Keep guessing every single week that puts the 49ers in the best position to be successful uh, because when the team doesn't know what's going on, they're planning for too much. And when you're planning for too much, you're not focusing on the things you should, and then it, then it ends up you know hurting you in the long run. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch this offense has a lot of potential, and I mean the skill set of these receivers, Alex. I mean the fact that we we know who the you know the, the, the guys are at top, you know, Brian Ayuk, and Debo Samuel, and what they can do horizontally, vertically, um, in the run game. But you're right, Trent Sherfield adds an added aspect that we weren't expecting, that the 49ers weren't expecting. Where he's an improvement over Kendrick Warren, and what he can do, and more athletic and more dynamic to be able to attack down the field. You got a veteran receiver that can catch the ball with Muhammad Sanu, and then you got you know the the wild card guys, the rookies like you know Jawan Jennings are not really rookie now, second year guy, but um, playing in his first season in the NFL. Rookie season, yeah, rookie season. Um, he's a possession guy, so he's going to be a red zone threat. He's going to be a guy you can count on on third down to make plays when he's on the football field. And then you got Jalen Hurts, who, who you don't know what his like overall what he's going to do. But you know what his potential is. And if he even reaches half of that potential in this football season, um, good luck stopping this offense. There's just too many dynamic weapons. Defenses, this is a complete nightmare. They're, this is a complete, absolute nightmare. And somebody like Pete Carroll got Dakota Shepley just to try to figure out what this offense is planning on doing. And Dakota Shepley does not know the extent of what they're about to do. You wait until next Wednesday when they put in the game plan for Detroit. Um, these players are going to be, be feeling very good, and I can guarantee you right now, Campbell and the and the defense for Detroit, uh, you're in a lot of trouble. You might as well throw in the towel now. <laughs> Get him a body okay. bag. It's already over. It's true. Look, and and that, and all
1: of that, and we haven't even brought up Kyle Youchek and George Kittle. I know, and that's the key, right? I mean, I mean think about it, right? All of that and two of the biggest contributors on this offense in, in the run game as blockers right as decoys in terms of having them on the field in certain packages making it look like it's a run package and it being a play action or a pass passing opportunity and the fact that george kittle operates down the seam outside the numbers however you need him to he can beat whatever coverage you throw at him and kyle you is a line backing nightmare we saw it in practices this summer, right, this, this training camp preseason yeah. against Fred Warner, beating one of the elite coverage guys out in space deep down the field. We've seen it countless times again on film. He doesn't run routes like a fullback. He doesn't run routes like a running back. He runs routes like a slot freaking receiver. This guy is dynamic as all can be. This, it's too, there's too much. And, and you talked about it, and this is the thing as a coach, right? You want to, you want to be, A, unpredictable with your offense, obviously. You don't want to have tendencies, but you're human. You're going to have tendencies. You're going to have things that you rely on. But what you also want to be able to do is create tendency, because if you can create tendency, right, if you can give a look and do something so many times that someone's watching it on film, you can create the counter. You can create them making the moves on the chessboard that they think are the moves that are going to help them, right? Stop you or slow you down. And it's all just a game, right? It's all a show. I'm giving you all of this and letting you see all of this so that you make this move later on, and when they make it, you capitalize on it. right? Uh, Belichick talked about this with Reed, Ed Reed against Tom Brady. They gave, he gave literally a certain look on a certain type of route combination and scheme and a certain coverage all season long because he knew at some point they were going to watch this film, break it, dissect it, and when it came time, Pat's Baltimore, they were going to try and exploit it. Yeah. And the minute he got the opportunity and they, they took the shot, Reed was ready for it, jumped on it, you know, and did the thing he needed to do in order to create a turnover. And Belichick was like, this dude literally gave us 16 weeks of footage so we can get one pick in a game, right? And that's, in football, sometimes that's all you need is one play. One play can be the difference between the momentum shifting in your favor and you going on to roll or you winning a football game, right? Or at least setting yourself up for an opportunity. Because in football, sometimes, we've talked about this before, it's not necessarily about you know, something working out. It's about just putting yourself in a position to make the play, right? That's right. Getting that additional yard so you have the opportunity to make the big player have the impact you need to have to change fortunes and put the game back into your favor. Um, you got all of these pieces, right? You can give as many looks as you want. And if you're the 49ers now, right, you can you can give tendency. You can you can have tendency all you want. Uh, tendency doesn't mean jack in squat when you got the pieces that you have because tendency just means in this moment in this situation at this point in time this is what we decided to do it's not a need the 49ers don't need to do anything on offense they can do anything they want
0: yeah variety is the spice of life i believe they say it's accurate and, and the 49ers have a lot of variety in a ways to attack you sure. um and the it, it wouldn't go that way if they didn't have the offensive line that they have uh, you have Trent Williams who is the best offensive tackle in football um, and then you put him with Laken Tomlinson, who's a very solid, serviceable player there who gets to the second level. Alex Mack was the big ad. He's going to stabilize this front line. Daniel Brunskill finally going to be able to play guard. And then Mike McGlinchey, as long as this run game is successful, is going to have a bounce back year because that's what he does well is run game and then blocking when you're moving the pocket. If they get these guys, if they stay healthy and they're able to execute, this team is going to be very, very hard to stop. Um, I feel sorry for anyone tasked with doing that. And it's just, it's it goes it's a, it goes to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, having a vision of what they want their offense to look like, what kind of skilled players, and, and that forward thinking. Um, because you think about it, they brought in 2019 Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. They have a game plan for it, how they expect to use these receivers and how they expect to attack. You have the emergence of Raheem Mostert in the same season. So there is a kind of a thought process on how they're are planning on attacking, and they've never got to do it. They've never got to realize that vision, and now they've worked towards it. And it's even better. Because, un- unfortunately, we had the you know some of the things that happened, but it helped them get other players, right? It provided them with other players like Trey Lance, because I don't think the offense could be as dynamic with just Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it would be dynamic, but not as dynamic as it could ultimately be. This is the thing, right, is
1: Trey doesn't make this offense, right? What Trey does is break this offense. Mm. Um, he breaks the the dynamic, the ceiling, right? The ceiling that was capped on this offense, and... Some of that ceiling is, is Jimmy Garoppolo, but a lot of it has also been the injuries that the 49ers have been dealt, right, the past few seasons, whether it's running the running back room, the O-line, or the wide receiver room. There were just, it was just a cap, right? You just, there was, it, it was the high ceiling, but just, you just can't do that extra little bit. So if you don't have all the pieces, right, you start to become more predictable, right? And, and we talked about, I just talked about Tennessee a little bit ago. You go from tendency being whatever you want it to be, mm-hmm. any given time, any given situation, whatever a team's strengths and weaknesses are, to tendency being we have to do these things because we can't do A, B, and C. Right? We have to do D because we can't consistently do A. Like it, it becomes a need, and when it becomes a need, right, it becomes a lot harder to operate and function as an offense and create big play opportunities because a team knows when you're going to take shots and knows when you're going to take chances because they can see it coming from a mile away. Right now, with Trey Lance, even if something were to happen to Jimmy Garoppolo, you're not gonna be able to see Tennessee come. Because the the thought process and the idea, right, is that well, Trey can he can operate as a runner. So we have to be able to keep a spy on okay. Well, if you're gonna leave a spy around watching Trey Lance, you're gonna create situations and scenarios where Trey's gonna be able to take one on one shots deep. And he is one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. We've seen it in practice mm-hmm. enough times now and in the preseason to know this guy lethal is lethal down the field. So one-on-one situations, not good for you. Jalen Hurd can beat one-on-one coverage. George Kittle can beat one-on-one coverage. Kyle Juszczyk can beat one-on-one coverage. Brandon Ayuk can torch one-on-one coverage. And Debo Samuel can, can beat one-on-one coverage. That's, that's a lot of one-on-one guy, guys who can win in one-on-one coverage. So if you're a team, right, how many, how many on, honest to God, how many chances can you obviously, honestly take blitzing and rushing when you got a guy who's mobile, can extend and create plays with his feet and beat you downfield if you decide to throw a one-on-one coverage out?
0: Uh, they'll have to try. They'll have to try to blitz him and get him off his game early because if they let him have time, he's going to be able to locate. Early on in the season, that is their best option is to go ahead and try to confuse the kid as he's learning the offense and learning what his reads you know getting the ball out on time because if you can force his clock to speed up so he's not able to get the ball out on time uh, or you know, not able to read it the way he needs to read it right now, then you have an opportunity to be successful. When I look at this quarterback room, I kind of equate it to this. Um, When you're on Thanksgiving and you have this nice nice piece of pumpkin pie, it's very delicious and it can usually win the day. Um, It's just so successful. Well, Trey Lance is that whipped cream that puts it over the top that definitely makes it win the day. Um, That is how I look at it. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great piece of pumpkin pie, Um, but Trey Lance is that whipped cream on top that just puts it over the top and makes sure you know Thanksgiving's wonderful. That's how I look at this quarterback room and that's how it is, but you're right. There's a lot of great things they can do with this team, um, and pumpkin pie aside, um, they can definitely attack. But I think teams will try to attack Trey Lance early on with the blitz, uh, speed up his clock so he, he struggles a little bit. But because there's so much variety in the fact that you don't know when he's going to be in, and you don't know what situations, because that works if you get him in a third and long or something like that. You don't know how many times you're going to get him in those situations. There are always going to be positive, good situations for Trey to be successful and use his skill set. Um, Because Mike McDaniel and and Kyle Shannon are going to be putting these guys in by what plays they want to run and what, you know, what formations they want to run, what personnel groupings and how they want to attack the defense. I don't know what the the down and distance is. It would have been a down and distance thing. It would have been easy to predict. And none of this would matter because a a defense could go in and and figure it out. Oh, on third and three, we're going to see this. On, you know, second and nine, we're going to see this and we're going to see this quarterback now you can't do that and when you can't do that that means you have to prepare for everything i mean how many how many you, we've seen this how many times the defense waits sees what personnel grouping is and then goes accordingly now not only the personnel grouping but which freaking quarterback is out there it's like oh put in the fast guys trays in or oh put in this guy because and if you guess wrong and all of a sudden jimmy pulls and runs for seven eight yards it's a big time play in the game uh it, it just Oh, precarious situations for the defense.
1: There's too much. There's, too much. there's too much, man. Yeah. I, I would hate to be a defensive coordinator. Um, it, It's too hard to think about. It's too much to prepare for. It's too much to plan for. And you, you talked about this earlier, and I wanted to, to really. Pie. No, oh. I mean, no, but listen. That was it might be the single greatest analogy <laughs> that's ever been thrown out on this podcast. I'm just hungry now. So it was a great analogy, but you're also a big fat jerk because I'm just now wanting to eat. So thank you. I appreciate Sorry that. Sorry about that. It's fine. It's fine. You Know for the non pumpkin pie lovers out there, just take pumpkin pie and replace it with like whatever chocolate pie. or apple, yeah, whatever yeah. whatever suits pecan. your Whatever, whatever. I hope it's not pecan, but you don't get like me pecan pie is great, yeah, but you do not put pecan pie in the same category,
0: pumpkin or chocolate or something along, you just don't do it. It All depends on your mood, I no, think. no, yeah, no, you don't do it. They see the little mini pecan pies, but that was last year. Uh, not, I don't need the sugar this year, so
1: <sighs> smart man, yeah, <laughs> need to get on that train. Uh, but look, you talked about this and, and the, the fact that if you have so much to prepare for, you stretch yourself too thin, right? You can't prepare for it all. If you try, you're going to miss certain details. That is the big thing um, because that's what this, this offense is trying to do. That's the actual plan of attack is give you too much. Here's all of this. Which stuff is important to you? Defensive coordinator for whatever team in the NFL, which of these do you feel is the most important thing to stop? Because if you're a defense and you try to prepare for all of it, it's going to blow up in your face. And if you pick the wrong things, it's going to blow up in your face. And even when you pick the right things, it still could blow up in your face. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure each and every time you face the San Francisco 49ers that you have to think about and consider. What things are important? What things do we feel we need to stop? um, And what things do I think we can handle already? Because you're going to have to sacrifice something. And with this 49ers offense right now, teams are going to be asked to sacrifice a lot, a lot of prep work.
0: As an offensive coordinator, um, we used to say that you can take something away, but you can't take it all away. Um, So pick your poison, you pick what you're going to take away, and then I'm going to beat you with all this stuff. Um, So have fun doing that. And that's one of the things that's fun about being an offensive coordinator is being able to attack. Um, There are different styles of offensive coordinator, but Kyle Shannon and Mike McDaniel are attacking style. They get after you, whether that is in the run game or that is in the pass game. Um, They take it to people. So they're going to attack defenses, and defenses are going to be reactive. If defenses sit back and wait for Kyle Shannon to attack them, they're going to lose consistently. The ones that bring the attack will have a little bit of a better chance. Problem is, if you guess wrong, you lose big. Um, So a lot of teams use that you know bend and don't break style, and Kyle's going to go after them. And this run game, I wonder what they're going to think of next. 2019, it was all about gap scheme and them getting that gap running game going. Um, Last year, you saw a little bit more of the return to the outside zone. But because of the skill set of the running backs, they can really hit you however they want. They can go traditional. They can go with the zone scheme. They can do what they need to do because the offensive line and the offensive players um, can do so much. It's going to be fun to watch. And we've talked about this for a while, the kind of the growth that's going to happen in the run game. It could definitely happen still because they have all the pieces. You talked about Kittle and, and Kyle Juszczyk. Without those guys, this run game is not as dynamic, is not as successful. And the fact that they're there makes this team very, very good. Um, and they're going to hopefully stay healthy, and they're going to be very good all season. It's going to be fun to watch. 30-plus um, points per game, I'm calling for the 49ers.
1: I like that, and that's what I want. I want to see. I would prefer. I would honestly prefer to see 35-plus.
0: 35-plus. If, if they score 35-plus points per game, they are going deep in the playoffs and maybe even going to the Super
1: Bowl. I agree with you there, which is, I why, like it.
0: which is why I'm going there. I like it. I like it a lot.
1: <laughs> Let us know if you liked it a lot down there in the comments section below. Right now, the 49ers offensive plan of attack, What do you think? Do you agree with us? You disagree entirely. It's actually much more specific. It's going to be all Trey. It's going to be all Jimmy leading the way. We want to hear from you down there in the comment section below. And while you're down there, don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't already, share the video as well with the rest of the faithful. Head on over to the 49ers Cutback Shop and cop yourself some sweet 40 freaking Niners merchandise from us, the 49ers Cutback. We got even more stuff coming out very soon, so you don't want to miss out on any of that. And Ant, they can also go check out Patreon, where we got exclusive contents, including our first ever film breakdown on Jalen Hurd's Week 3 preseason performance.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a good one to go watch. You can check it out. Um, And also, we got just a lot of other original, you know, 40-Hours Cutback content. Whether it's 40-Hours Cutback in time, we go back in time, relive some great moments. Um, We just did uh, Tony uh, Mimberto. Morabito. Morabito, sorry about that. Um, Him passing away, you know, during the game, actually, having a heart attack before halftime. Um, and we went into that whole 1957 game, and it, it was exciting um, to see how the team responded. Not exciting that the poor guy passed away, but he was a great owner. And I think a lot of people don't know about him. Um, but also just big yikes as well, where we uh, go over some fun takes, and we, and we laugh aloud. And it's a, it's a nice moment for us to kind of crack up, and you guys get to laugh along with us. That's a good one. Uh, fantasy football now out there, um, so you can get that. And soon Madden as well. So uh, enjoy it. Go over there and and check out the Patreon if you want. Check it out. Um, and, and just enjoy the content that's there. Absolutely. There's tons of great
1: ways for you to interact with this community. Discord, our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. We got every every which way that you can interact with the TCC, with us, and just the 49ers in general. We're giving you an avenue to do that, so take advantage of it. We'll see you in whichever of those avenues you choose, and until next time, 49ers fans, you stay safe. I remember the right way.
0: is, is always, always the
1: 49ers way.